0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today, we're talking with Vladimir Adonis, Vladimir...
1: Talk to us. Tell us who you are and why we should listen to what you have to say.
2: Good morning, Nancy. First of all, I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my journey and some of the things that I know with your audience. So I am based here in South Florida. I'm of Haitian descent. I was born in Haiti and my parents migrated here to the States when I was about eight years old. And and I've gone through a journey of having some success and some failures, both in the corporate world and from an entrepreneurship standpoint as well. So those from the entrepreneurship standpoint, I'm going to be sharing with you more so the entrepreneurship journey around some things that I learned around lead generation, marketing processes. And that's what I look forward to sharing with you um, you today via this episode.
1: Wonderful. It sounds exciting. I hope everybody's got a pen and paper ready so they can take some notes because I know we're gonna get into some really interesting stuff here. One of the first questions that I'd like to talk to you about and and get a a dialogue going on is, you say in your form that you sent me, you use micro-commitment strategies to get prospects to say yes. What does that mean? It sounds fascinating. (laughs)
2: Sure, sure. I love stories. So if it's okay, I can give you like the two minute version of the story as to why I embrace that concept, because there's a lot of different methodologies, a lot of different concepts that we can embrace. And I'm going to tell you why I decided to embrace and why do I call my methodology the micro commitment strategy. Um, My first business that I launched about seven years ago was a dating slash a dancing type of a website. I launched that business as a way to see how I can be My nine to five job in the vehicle that I was going to be using is I was going to be using this dating site as a vehicle to jump into entrepreneurship. One of the first platforms that I tried to use to market and promote my business is I tried to use Facebook ads and I tried to use Facebook marketing. And when I went to Facebook at the time, they told me no, that they were not going to market my dating site. And the reason why they told me no was because they had contracts with the list of dating sites at the time. And they were not allowed to bring on any other dating sites from a marketing standpoint. So they told me no. And and that was perfectly fine. And when they told me no, I decided to just simply go to other platforms to try to promote and market my business. And when I went to those other platforms, I ran into two problems. The first problem I ran into is that I noticed that it was costing me about $20 to generate a lead. And at that time, from a cost standpoint, that just wasn't cost effective for me. So because of that wasn't cost effective for me, I continued at that time, uh, I continued down the path of just learning, okay, how do I get better at lead generation? How do I get better at marketing? And what I noticed based on my own activity is that it was very easy for me to say yes to other people, other brands and other, and other companies who were offering me free information, free guides, free resources, so on and so forth. I provided my email information in exchange for those resources. Not only did I do that, I was also being instructed and guided to do the exact same thing for my dating site as well. So I listened and I went back to my dating site and I created two guides. The first guide was a guide for if an individual want, want to connect with a male on the dance floor, here's what to do. And the second guide was if an ind- individual wants to connect with a female on the dance floor, here's what to do. And when I created those two free guides, I went back to Facebook and I told Facebook, hey, I have these two free guides. And I simply want to promote and market these two free guides. And guess what happened this time around? This time around, Facebook said yes. Not only did Facebook tell me yes, the cost to generate a lead went from me paying $20 to now I was paying $2. So that's why I embrace the concept of micro-commitment. And I believe that when you lead with free resources and we you lead with free guides, from a lead generation and a marketing standpoint, things are just that much more easier. So hence the concept micro-commitment, and hence why I embrace that methodology.
1: I love it. I'm just, I'm thinking so many things going through my head. Um, I, I, I agree with you completely on that, but there's a lot of buzz these days about not doing anything for free, that you need to at least charge something for it. Um, what do you think about that?
2: I've done both. So as we're speaking right now, one of my campaigns that I'm running is I'm running a campaign for a two-day workshop. And that two-day workshop simply costs um, $27, right? So that's one of the campaigns that I'm running right now. So it's paid and it will certainly bring a different type of individual through the process. And it's going to allow me to engage with a different type of individual. I can only go based on um, my experience. And from about six years ago, I've been giving away things for free, whether it be guides, resources, training, webinars. I've been using that methodology for a very long time, and it's allowed me to remain in business, and it's worked for me consistently. So I have to embrace and I have to back up, based on data, what has worked for me and it has worked for um, my clients on a very consistent basis.
1: I'm sure I know the answer to this, but do you see a difference between what you call a lead and what you actually wind up with as a customer. You know, when you, what I mean by that is when you get a lead from somebody who's just giving you their email because they want something for free, how often does that actually turn into a customer as opposed to somebody who signs up for this $27 webinar that you're giving? Are they more inclined to become a a long-term customer of yours, or do you see that following through with the free guides as well?
2: Yes, most certainly. The person that pays me $27 definitely does become a client just that much faster. Um, But from a path standpoint, I can also also create um, a certain type of customer journey and or path whereby I start off by giving someone something away for free. And then a couple of days later, I create a marketing campaign, marketing to those same group of individuals and I for offering those group of individuals a class for $27. And then some of those individuals will go ahead and become clients as well. So I can definitely still use the quote unquote foundation of starting off with, you know, allowing someone to enter my role in my funnel for free and then to send those individuals to a paid product, a low ticket product, and then um, a higher ticket and then a higher ticket product from there. So those are some of the methodologies that we, can, that we can incorporate as it relates to micro commitment and micro, micro commitments.
1: And you just mentioned the word that I was just going to ask you about. That's a funnel. What you're doing is actually bringing people into a funnel and funneling them down through you've got the larger number of people coming into your three guides, and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you actually come down to the large scale sale, correct?
2: Yes, that is certainly, that is certainly, um, you know, the case. Some people just need time to understand um, who you are and understand what you do and understand and get comfortable with your methodology and or your processes and to see that you, to see if you're the right fit for them. Um, Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, everyone is not for you. Everyone is not for me. I put a lot of marketing campaigns out there and in a perfect world, I would get 100% of the people who see it to take the next step with me. It just doesn't work that way. There's going to be a portion of those individuals that's going to see me on the video. And they're going to say, you know what? This individual seems like someone um, or sounds like an individual who knows what he's talking about. So let me go ahead and take that next step with him. And when they take that next step with me, only a small portion of those individuals will be ready to take the next step or will even resonate with me enough to be able to ascend and or take the next step with me um, in any case.
1: How do you, when you're trying to get these people and find these people to be interested in your product, I mean, it's called a target market. It's called an ideal customer. They have all those different names. And you're absolutely right. Not everybody is going to want to buy. It drives me crazy when, and I will use an example, when I'm talking to someone who sells um, face creams, for instance, a woman who's selling to a woman, And I'll say to her, well, who's your ideal client? And she'll say, well, anybody who's got skin is my ideal client. Well, uh, that's not true. For me, for example, I've got really, really, really bad allergies and asthma. And if you get anywhere near me with something that's got a scent in it, I am gonna wind up in the hospital. <laughs> so I've got skin, I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm not gonna buy a product that somebody's selling if it's got, you know, some sort of a scent to it. So how do you go about? And are we are we still talking about your dating service or have we pivoted off into another business
2: now? We've pivoted off into another business because the dating service is no longer around. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about this new business.
2: (laughs) So the new business started when I found out that from a violation standpoint, I was in violation of copywriting laws for my dating site. I had to learn how to do lead generation and marketing. When I first launched my dating site, I wasn't getting any traction. And I spent close to $30,000 to launch that dating site back in 2015. And when I found out that things were not moving and things, I wasn't getting any traction, I wasn't in a position to just say, you know what, this just doesn't work. Let me just move on and go do something else. The stakes were high and I had a lot of skin in the game. I had spent $30,000 on this project. So one of the things I did is I went to work to learn how to do lead generation marketing, et cetera. And seven months into that journey, the site started to pick up and things started to grow. And I learned that I was in violation of copywriting laws. And the reason why I was in violation is because the members of that dating site had the ability to upload content. Had the ability to upload music videos and music and et cetera. And because I don't have the rights to any of that content and to avoid being sued, I had to shut down the entire thing. So there comes a pivot. There comes me saying, okay, I still want to remain in business. How do I remain in business? And what I decided to do, and at that time, I had only learned how to do lead generation marketing for about seven months. I said, what if I took what I had learned and just start sharing it locally with people in my local area via meetups? What if I started hosting meetup sessions? and use the meetup as a way to share my knowledge. And I wanted to do that for two reasons. Reason number one, I wanted to start validating my concept, the stuff that I had learned about my dating site to see if it could be transferred to other business. And then reason number two, I thought maybe one day I can turn that into a business. So what I went ahead and did is I hosted close to 60 workshops um, just to make sure that I knew what I was talking about and just to make sure that I validated my concept and after I validated my concept around lead generation, marketing, et cetera, that allowed me to launch into a completely new business, which is what I focus on now. And I focus on people who provide a service. So there's, you know, there's service providers and there's people who sell physical products. So the type of businesses that I resonate with, are coaches and consultants to be more specific, and I help those individuals develop a marketing process around my methodology, my commitment methodology, and I help them to optimize an existing marketing process to draw in more leads, conversions, and to make more sales. So that's the business that I do now. And that business was built as a result of me learning and as a result of me not being successful in my very first business.
1: I want to talk more about the pivoting in a second, but I think one of the things that that I'm hearing that's the most important concept that you're talking about and that my clients are going to want to talk about is regeneration is not easy, you know, it was like, I was just saying, it's not just anybody that has skin. You have to figure out depending on what it is you're doing, who is going to want what you're selling. And it can't be, well, I like it. So obviously there's going to be lots and lots of other people out there liking it. You have to figure it out from the opposite end, right?
2: Yeah, most certainly. When I first started, even when I first started doing the workshops, um, and I hosted close to sixty workshops, what I noticed resonated was individuals who were just like me. So I'm of Haitian descent, and one of the things I started to do is I started to focus and speak to Haitian Haitian service business owners who were living in the West Palm Beach or Palm Beach County area. And when I did that, although the number of people that I had come to my workshop was a lot smaller. Those individuals took the next step with me just that much more better because I I did I customized it and I made it a little bit more relevant based on who I was, based on my journey from Haiti. And when I started to talk about those things, when I started to speak to Haitian business owners who provide a service, I noticed that from a traction standpoint, I had a lot less people attend, but from an ascending and from a traction standpoint, the traction was a lot more better from a conversion standpoint on a back end for me. So you have to look at from a relevant standpoint, who are you being relevant to and how can you make a connection to those individuals? Because when you're relevant and when you make a connection with the right type of individual, that is when the back end and that is when the the next step will be just that much more easier. That's what I've seen in my experience. Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think and that's what I do with my business. Yeah, you know, my business works with uh, people who are business owners, but who have some sort of chronic illness or autoimmune disorder. And I'm out there and I'm telling everybody that I know that I've got this. I'm not just talking to people who have it. I get it. I understand what they're talking about because I went from traveling hours a day, standing in front of of people doing presentations for four to six hours at a time, uh, four to five days a week, to being in a wheelchair and not being able to get out of my bed. You know, so when I tell you that something has worked for me. They're gonna go, oh well, she gets it, she knows what we're talking about. I'm gonna to listen to her. Yeah, and, and so you're absolutely right. You have to find one, you have to find something that resonates with people because they know that you it's the no like and trust factor. But now I heard the other day that I think is really important too: is no like, trust, and respect. I love that last word that they've added to that concept they need to respect you as well and they're going to be more respectful if they know that you respect them because you understand them
0: growing a successful business is hard enough but trying to do it while adjusting to a new challenge like a chronic illness can definitely derail the best of us nancy understands she has been there done that With 30 years of success, she knows the necessary business hacks to increase your income and relieve the day-to-day stress of running a business, all while living in an uncooperative body. Nancy can help you. Connect with her today through the links in the show notes so you can see your business soar higher. Does that make
2: sense? (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that respect makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the the commonality that I'm hearing from when you're talking about your target audience and some of the things um, is specificity. Like you're being very specific and the more specific you are, because the thing that we are trying to obtain, at least at the at first when someone doesn't know who we are, is attention, right? So if we're trying to gain attention, there's it, the, the marketplace can be very loud, it can be very crowded. So if we can find a connection point, if we can find a way to connect and find a way to have that specificity, that is something that can carry people through the entire process just that much more easier and just that much more faster.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also think an important piece of, of this whole lead generation and finding your ID client is knowing and, and being comfortable with the fact that you understand them is one piece. But you also need to understand the kinds of things they're looking for. So I'll bet there's another layer besides them being Haitian service-based business owners. Is there a um, something more specific than service-based? What are they looking for? Are they looking for... Don't know. Don't know how to say this, but, you know, you've you've got to people buy because of things they want, not because of things they need. And I think it's really important to find out what these people want and sell to their wants.
2: Yes, certainly.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. What have you found out about that?
2: So what I found out is I found out, um, you know, circumstances. So the individuals that I desire, that desire to say, you know, have a marketing process that converts, they're in a current circumstance right now, and they may be using word of mouth marketing. And word of mouth marketing may have allowed them to get their business to a certain point, but they know that from a sustainability standpoint, that they're not able to sustain it, you know, beyond word of mouth, and they can't necessarily Get the impact and make the income that they want because they're only using word of mouth marketing. So then if that's their circumstance, how do I connect with someone that's having that type of a circumstance? Well, the way that I connect with someone that's having that type of circumstance is I talk about my circumstance as well. And I do that through storytelling. So in the way that I would convey that is I would say, hey, you know what? When I first launched my dating site, I thought that based on the popularity level of the dating site, that my dating site would go viral. I didn't necessarily think I needed to have a paid marketing process because dating is very popular dating is very viable but to my surprise 5 months in my dating site had not grown um you know 5 months in i had a business that was not even making any income and all of this was because i was relying on my audience i was relying on my immediate network i was relying on friends and family i was relying on word of word of mouth and come to find out that wasn't nearly enough for me to be able to reach the amount of people that I needed to reach. So then because that process wasn't working for me, I knew that there was another way out there. I knew there was another way to make things happen. So I went on a a journey to find out how else can I grow my business? And I learned that there's this thing out there that's called Facebook ads. Now, Facebook ads wasn't easy. The first few times I tried it didn't necessarily work. However, about seven months in, I figured out a methodology and a process to start getting my business more traction. And when I used this framework or this methodology, all of a sudden I started to get a lot more people. Now I was no longer depending on and or relying on my friends and my family. I was able to reach a lot more people and have visibility and so on and so forth. So essentially what I just did is I just kind of just talked about the circumstance that they're in now and the methodology and the vehicle that they're using and how that vehicle Is not going to allow them to accomplish their goals and their dreams and their desire and how there's a different way. I didn't just say, hey, there's a different way. I walked them through my exact journey because I went through that exact same process. So I believe that's another way that you connect with people um, based on the circumstances that they're in. If You can paint that picture for them and you can tell it through stories that in itself can be very powerful.
1: Yeah, I, I love the whole storytelling thing. I'm reading a book right now that's all about the customer journey and basically it's telling a story. It's not, you know, the dry facts. It's it's leading us through uh, this, this marketing agency comes in to talk to this woman who's got a coffee shop which was very 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 popular for a while and then started to go downhill so we're seeing all the things that they're doing in this book to find out what she needs to do and they're talking about what we're talking about and and the guy is asking her you know why do people come to your coffee shop and she had started it in Italy and she had had found this place in Italy where where there was a sense of community so it was a place where Americans hung out you know, for you, it might be a place where Asians hang up, you know, it brought a sense of camaraderie and familiarity, and they could sit and relax and talk, and, you know, not feel pressured and buy the kinds of drinks that they um, were used to back home and, and things like that. And it was just showing this whole journey. And, and what it was talking about was actually feeling, finding out what the client's emotions and feelings are because that's what they buy from. So their circumstances is absolutely, you know, that's, that's spot on because that's, you have to put your, yourself in your customers feelings, you know, to really get an understanding of what they're going through. And that's not always easy. I mean, did you ever do any like polls or surveys or did you ever pull in any extraneous data that, you know, helped you to
2: figure any of this out? That's definitely not easy. I would say the thing that helped me out the most is when I was doing the workshops, um, you know, for free. So I was doing the workshops. I did two years of workshop and um, these were small, very intimate workshops to really understand what the problem was that existed in the marketplace. Like I really didn't understand, like I launched my dating site and I learned how to do lead generation and marketing. I was only seven months in that, which is not a lot of time, to be honest with you. And I I had figured out some things that worked for my dating site, but how is that even, my first question was, how is that even applicable to the million other businesses out there that exist? Is there a commonality? Is there a common pattern? I had no idea, but I knew that I wanted to answer that question because I wanted to be a business person, a business owner. If I want to be a business owner, I have to have a product. I have to have something that's Um, you know, valuable. And I have something, I need to have something that's validated. And the way that I found that out is just having people come to this workshop. um, There were times where I had only just one person come to my workshop, but that was valuable information because that one person was able to tell me, Hey, I spent an hour, 30 minutes with that one person. And that person was able to tell me, you know, specifically what was going on, some of the things that they tried, why I didn't work so on and so forth. And what I committed to at that time One of the things that I did to draw people to the workshop was, hey, if I don't have the answer to your question, if you come to my workshop this week, the following week, I'm going to I'm going to work my tail off to find out the answer to that question to come. So it was me trying to obtain as much data from the marketplace as possible. And that's how I did it.
1: Wonderful information. Absolutely true. And one of the things that I keep hearing you say which I tell my clients all the time and they don't really like to hear it all that much is that starting and running a business is not easy. It's hard work.
2: Most certainly. It it definitely is. It was one of the most difficult things I have ever done. It's not easy at all.
1: So that leads me into my next question, which is why you shouldn't give up when you come up to challenges and adversity?
2: Um, You shouldn't give up because, so one of the reasons, let me tell you the reason why I didn't want to give up. So when I was working as an executive for a small university, I did that for about 12 years. I worked my way to that position, right? So I worked hard because I had very humble beginnings. When I first came to the States, my mom and I, we lived in a one bedroom apartment with seven other people. And there were four bedrooms in the living room part of it. The living, the, a living room didn't exist because that was, in, in essence, a bedroom, um, because we had four twin bedrooms in that, in, that, in that part of the apartment. And then in the quote-unquote bedroom component of it, we had three bed, three twin bedrooms. So a total of seven people living in that small apartment just to try to make ends meet. And this, the, those individuals, one of the things that, that was common to all of those individuals is that all of them had migrated from Haiti. Not only did they migrate from Haiti, these individuals had what we call part-time seasonal work, which means that they could work for three months out of the year and the other seven months, they really didn't have any income. So in order to, in order to make things happen from a financial standpoint, uh, they had to you know, combine resources. And then the last and final thing is that they also had to take care of family back home in Haiti. So from a resource standpoint, they just didn't have a lot of resource. So for me, when I saw that growing up, My mom told me, hey, you know what, you are in a country that's going to afford you opportunities that I wasn't afforded. I need you to not give up. So that was the first type of individual that told me to not give up. So I listened to my mom and I said, you know, I'm going to work hard. And I worked my butt off and I worked my way up to an executive level position. And I did very well, you know, both financially and both from a career standpoint. But then again, At some point, I saw myself becoming a hypocrite. And the reason why I saw myself becoming a hypocrite at some point is that although I was very successful from an executive standpoint, um, about five years into my executive position, it was no longer a challenge for me. The job became very easy. I was meeting and exceeding all of my goals and all of my expectations. But at the same time, I was telling my kids at home, hey, I want you guys to challenge yourself. I want you to work hard and I want you to do hard things. Well, I wasn't practicing what I was preaching because I was going to a job every day that was amazing. It treated me well, but there was no challenge whatsoever. So at that point, I had no constraints in my life. And I knew that without constraints, there really isn't any growth. So I went out and I, I created that constraint. And how did I create that constraint? I uh, <laughs> I didn't just talk the talk. I said, hey, I'm going to take $30,000 and I'm going to launch a new business because that business is going to be my new vehicle. And I knew going in that there was going to be, you know, some challenges, but without challenge, right, there isn't any growth. So I spent that money to go into that new business so that, that way I can, A, stop being a hypocrite and then B, um, you know, see how I can create constraints in my life. And then when things got hard, I, I could have said, you know what, I don't want to continue doing this anymore. Let me go back and just go into the comfort of a nine to five. But then again, who would I be letting down? I will be letting myself down. And my kids are watching. They're like, wait a second, Dad, you're being a hypocrite. You're saying to do hard things and to challenge yourselves, et cetera. But yet you are not doing that exact same thing. My kids have seen me um, rise to the top from a career standpoint. And they've also seen me fall to the bottom in terms of um, you know money and resources. They've seen me spend and or go into debt of over $100,000 trying to make business adventures and business ventures. Work. so they they've seen both, and um, that's why you shouldn't necessarily um, you know give up.
1: I love it. I I think you know after I had my car accident, I sat for a year and a half in this dark, dingy basement. We were living in the in the basement of my parents' home, taking care of my parents, and. I just sat there, I couldn't climb the stairs cause I'd lost the use of my legs. So I couldn't climb the stairs. I couldn't get up and down the stairs in a wheelchair. You don't, you know, I didn't have one of those bleh, bleh. <laughs> those <laughs> wonderful wheelchairs that go up and down stairs. My husband would joke about putting a slide in for me so I could just slide down. Them. But so I sat in a corner for over a year, just sitting there feeling sorry for myself and ready to just give up totally. And then I realized that there's so much more that you can do and there's so much more that's out there and that you need to in order to to enjoy your life and to do what you were put on this earth to do. You've got to get going. You know, (laughs) you you can't just sit there and let the world go on around you. You can't give up. And, you know, five years later, now, look, I've got a successful podcast my business is running well and you know i'm not sitting in the basement anymore you know And, and so it's it really and i try to tell people who have these chronic pains and illnesses i would rather i can sit at home and do nothing and hurt Or I can get out and do something and enjoy the fresh air and the sunshine and and make something and see something. And I might hurt, but there's so much more to do than sitting at home feeling sorry for myself and hurting. Get out there. And and if this involves creating, running, and maintaining a thriving business, that's all that much more reason to do it and not to... Give up and just you know say I'm not I'm out you know I've, I've come up to my first challenge I'm done goodbye <laughs> you know <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to do that and and people will give me a lot of backlash <laughs> on that but you yourself just said it's so much better to do something than it is to just give in
2: yeah know? certainly I completely agree. <laughs>
1: Wonderful. Well, believe it or not, we are to the end of our time. And uh, if there were one thing that we haven't talked about yet that you would like to share with the audience, what would that be?
2: So the one thing is that there's definitely we've sort of kind of talked about that. There is definitely it would certainly work. It may not necessarily work right away, but. So many other people have come before you, you know, like, like Nancy's providing a lot of content, a lot of resources, she's telling her story, so many other individuals have come before you, and they have definitely found methodologies, systems, and or ways to make things happen. So if you stay the course, you may not have all of the answers to today, but you will find all of the answers and it will work if you stay the course and don't give in.
1: Amen to that. Thank you so much, Vladimir. How can somebody get a hold of you if they want to talk to you, if they want uh, to learn more about what you do and and work with you?
2: So essentially, I have a free resource. If that's okay, I can go ahead and share the free resource with the audience. And the free resource is going to talk about optimizing the marketing process and how how to optimize your marketing. And essentially, you can take access. You can gain access to that free resource by going to Vlad Adonis, dot scom And that free resource is going to, you know, give you the ability to be able to gain access to how to optimize your marketing process. And if you wanted to say, you know what, I just want to go ahead and schedule a call with Vladimir, because I believe that he can help me from a marketing process standpoint and help me to optimize an existing marketing process. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. That's going to allow you um, to gain access to my calendar and schedule a time for us to speak.
1: Perfect. That sounds great. Thank you so much. This was a wonderful, interesting conversation. And I look forward to having you back out again in the future and talking some more. So thank you so much. Guys, I hope you got a lot of good information today. Reach out and get that free resource. You can never know, you know, what might just be the right thing. And, and it sounds like this man knows what he's talking about. So Uh, go ahead and and avail yourself of what he has to offer. And if you have any questions, send them to me in the comment section of the podcast. And also, if you have some suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover in the future, let me know about that as well. And until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll talk to you again real soon. Take care.